Welcome to Functional Theology, where pastor and author Chad Ashby talks about theology, scripture, and culture in a world where two and two always seems to make a five. You can find Chad's work at Christianity Today, Desiring God, The Gospel Coalition, and Think Christian. You can follow his personal blog at Aftermath, www.chadashby.com. If you'd like updates about Chad's work, you can follow his author page on Facebook, or you can follow him on Twitter at Chad underscore Ashby. Today I want to talk a little bit about reading our Old Testament. And I know that there's been a lot of discussion. Andy Stanley has a new book out. Um, He's talked about unhitching our Christianity from the Old Testament. I think that a lot of us have difficulty when it comes to the first 39 books of the Bible, the majority of the Bible we have a hard time reading. And uh, I think some of it has to do with the fact that there's actually two ways to read the Old Testament. And I just want you to track with me for a few minutes. The same story can be a tragedy or a triumph depending on who you're rooting for. So I grew up in North Carolina. I live in South Carolina now. Nobody cares about NCAA basketball here, but for me, it's still a big deal. I grew up in High Point, where, uh, which is about an hour or so from uh, Durham and Chapel Hill, and grew up in the heated NCAA basketball rivalry, Duke versus UNC. So twice every year, the two, two schools would meet on the court. They still do. Looking forward to it soon. Um, and every game ended in either cheers or tears. And I won't name any names, but I can still remember the waterworks after a particular game when one of my brothers was sobbing over uh, an upsetting Duke loss. He did not want to have to go to school and face his classmates. Um, But in the house right down the street, the same exact game, the same outcome, might spark shouts of hallelujah and exuberant high fives. Why? Well, it all depended on whether you were a Duke fan or a UNC fan. What was a bad call to one was a good call to another. A hot streak of three-pointers was unbelievable fortune for some, but a depressing omen for others. Your hero was an opposing fan's villain, and as a Duke fan, all the guys that I love are the people that you guys probably hate. It all depends on which team you identify with. And the Old Testament is no different. There are two basic ways to read the Old Testament. You see, the characters you choose to side with will determine whether the Old Testament means life or death, triumph or tragedy, joy or despair, victory or defeat. It all depends whether you identify with the friends of God or his enemies. Over and over again, the narrators of the Old Testament stories present us with only two options, and we're forced to side with one of them, Cain or Abel, Abraham or Lot, Isaac or Ishmael, Jacob or Laban, Jacob or Esau, Moses Moses or Pharaoh, Israel or Canaan. Now, as unbelievers, we necessarily side with the enemies of God, the hated, the cursed, the rejected, the hard-hearted, the destroyed, the annihilated, the dispossessed, the wicked, the rebels against a holy creator God. 
when we flip through the Old Testament, every page presents us with men and women just like us being wiped off the face of the earth, condemned and cursed to eternal death for their unrighteous and sinful acts. And it's tragic. It's terrifying. It's hopeless. This is the first way to read the Old Testament. As Cain, as Esau, as Ishmael, as a Canaanite, as stiff-necked rebellious Israel. We shake our fists at a God who would destroy us, all the while denying how much we actually do deserve punishment for all of our wickedness. Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament period, spoke to a people that seemed doomed to relive a narrative of death. However, in his final words, he foretold a day that would change the narrative. This day of the Lord was the only hope, was their only hope. Without it, there would be no other way to read the Old Testament than as a, quote, decree of utter destruction, Malachi 4.6. In the opening words of Matthew's gospel, we learn that that day of the Lord has dawned in the person of Jesus Christ. Matthew narrates the, old, the story of the Son of God who walks through the Old Testament narrative under the favor of the Father, perfectly obedient to the end, yet suffering the decree of destruction for the sins of his people. And this, brothers and sisters, completely changes the way we read the Old Testament. In Jesus Christ, we're able to return to Genesis, not as enemies of God, but as the friends of God, as the sons and daughters of God. We no longer identify with those who are cursed, but with those who are eternally blessed. We are not those who disobey, but those who are obedient in Christ Jesus. We are not the unrighteous, but those who are clothed in the righteousness of the Son of God. Our ability to identify with the sons of God has happened because God in Christ chose to identify with us. He's a God who makes his enemies his friends. He makes rebels his sons. He turns an Old Testament narrative into a New Testament grace. Paul writes, We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Romans 8.37 It's Christ's identification with us that turns the Old Testament from doom to joy. It's our repentance and faith in Jesus that helps us to see God's salvation through his judgment. It's our first reading of the Old Testament that shows us our sin, God's wrath, and our need for a Savior. It's the Savior who suffered God's wrath for our sin who sends us back to the Old Testament to parade through it in triumphant celebration. Thanks for joining us. This has been Functional Theology with Chad Ashby. If you'd like to follow Chad, you can find his author page on Facebook. You can also follow him on Twitter at Chad underscore Ashby. And make sure to drop by his personal blog, Aftermath, www.chadashby.com. <laughs>